0: This episode of the A List podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the A List podcast. I'm your co host, Ashrod Blakely, and I'm joined by the one, the only, Gary Washburn. What's up, G? What's up? What's up? It's been a long time. What, a day, two days since I saw you? 24 hours. 24 hours. It's been been
1: 24 uh, 24 hours, too. It'd be a lot longer too.
0: You say that like you you wanted to be longer. <laughs> both teams play hard. I got you. Yeah, uh, exactly. yeah, we, we we were <laughs> we were both in Milwaukee and for uh, both games three and four between the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. Thrilling games. Uh, game three, the Celtics probably felt they gave that one away. Game four, they probably snatched one that they seemed for most of the night that they were going to give away. And just, Gary, just real some of your general thoughts on. Uh, that that game, particularly Game Four, uh, in Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to give the Celtics. Uh, I think what's been established in this series, and with the Celtics, is they never say die; they come back. I mean, it was 76-65. Uh, it looked like the, the the Bucks. Another you know kind of shaky third quarter from the Celtics. Game three's third quarter was really bad. Yesterday's was just kind of bad. It was it was it was a little bit better. But down eleven, and that's that you know that thing, or you know you know with a couple of Giannis dunks or a three, it's 17, 18, and suddenly you're buried. But they came back and they fought to get within seven to in the third, and then all of a sudden, you know the Al Horford show started, um, and and the world watched, and he saved them. Obviously, uh, I think sixteen points in the third, in the fourth quarter, and uh, Jason Tatum warmed up so. I thought it was one of the obviously I mean you, we can keep saying oh, it's the best win of the Udoka era the best win but for them they're back to be against the wall down 2-1 down 11 points in the third quarter with Giannis getting it going dunking and doing that and I thought it was really admirable for them to to not only rally and I think that that shows uh that they can they that they can beat this team and that they can come back they're not they're not fear they don't they're not scared of the bucks like that's what I think I saw in the two games in Milwaukee. Like, yeah, y'all can get up on a team because the, the Bucs aren't scared of the Celtics, right? And I think th- there's no there's no love loss between the two teams, but I don't think the Celtics are scared of the Bucs. I think you've got to bury a team. The Bucs have to bury the Celtics. The Celtics have to, it's like cockroaches. Like, they never die. And to me, the Celtics are one of those type of teams, and that's a great quality to have for a championship team that you never give up.
0: Right, right. And and we certainly wouldn't give up on, on our, our teammate who's not here. Our special guest today, I guess, is gonna be Kwani A. Lunas. Kwani Lupe, where you at, girl? Were you in the car? We got the we got the drive-by kwani.
2: Kwani in the car. This is terrible lighting, but this is gonna have to do because we, we can see you,
0: okay. Is wait, ooh, is that six seven 20? That is six seven 20. Yep. Gary, yeah, you see that? Yeah, I
2: see He's annoying. How about Al Horford? 30. Playoff oh. career high. 30 playoff points. playoff Al. Not so average Al.
0: Oh, uh, there you see, why
2: why are you trolling Lou Manon? why you, you know doing what? That? Like Actually, shout out to Louis Lou. my Lou guy. Madu. Don't tra- No, don't I, troll I, him I worked with Lou. Lou. He was he's a stand-up guy, but That's I just didn't to throw him in that area. <laughs>
0: That, that that average Al just it just won't leave him. But Lou's my guy. I love Al. I love Lou. And I love Al. I love the Al that we saw in game four. I mean, Al's kind of like one of them old dogs that you just need to just let him be. Uh, because if you kick him, he's not just going to like grumble at you. He's going to try to bite your head off. Yeah. I mean, the look that he, the, the, his response when Giannis dunked on him and Giannis was, was starting to bark. Al had that – that was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to look, but we're going to remember what's going to happen after this. And Al just went off. Uh, The dunk, uh, the technical foul he got on the dunk, which was well-earned. I don't don't mind guys getting technical fouls when they earn them. Like, he smacked the you-know-what out of Giannis Mm -hmm. after that dunk, and that deserved a technical. And I'm glad he got it. And he earned it, and I'm proud of him for earning that tech. Uh, Way to represent the OGs. But I'm just curious, Kwani, I mean, you you saw the game, Gary. You also, you were there for the game. What are your, What were your impressions of Al and just what he was able to bring to the table, particularly in that critical stretch where it was either do or die for the Celtics? Kwani, what you, what you thinking?
2: I think from one perspective, uh, th- there's no secret, I'm friends with his sisters. But I really? think... No, yeah, people just breaking news. But from that perspective, Al, people make fun of him. They say he's old. <laughs> And I think he's at a point in his career where he just wants to win. And that sounds like a redundant statement for anyone that's been in the league as long as he has. But I think he had, like he said, he didn't know what Giannis said to him, but whatever, the way that he looked at him, it just flipped a switch for him. And I think when you look at the way he's been incorporated back into this team, we've always talked about the leadership and what he brings to the table from that perspective. I think for him to be one of the players to step up shouldn't be a surprise because at any given game, someone's going to have to step up. Everyone's been relying on Tatum. And in this series, he hasn't been the go-to guy. And I think that's okay because they have enough depth on this roster to be able to rely on someone to step up. It's a risk because you don't know that's going to happen with Al. You don't know Giannis is going to look at him and turn that switch on for him, but it's needed. And we have had, he had the Jalen Brown game everyone's going to have a game. I think if they're willing to just step up and realize, all right, we're not playing to the intensity that we need. And fortunately I was able to do that for them because honestly, in the first half, I was just like, all right, this team's done. I cashed it in, mailed it. in. I was like, the series is over. The podcast is going to just start talking about what's happening next season because I didn't see it happening. And of course it turned around. And now I'm like, all right, I'm going to stand behind what I thought initially that this team if they're able to just continue to stay in there defensively, I think they can. They can really beat these this Bucks team. So in
0: other words, Courtney switched over to one two three Cancun on them. That's what she did. Yeah, I, I did. did. I did. I, <laughs> did. I really was <laughs> like,
2: "Well, y'all better be booking your flights right it now." Was like, well, yeah, let's it, it see. Uh, was, the first half was just embarrassing to watch, and I, like from a basketball standpoint, it was just like, "What are y'all doing? You're clearly throwing your season away."
1: Yeah. But damn, funny yeah. they was down one point.
2: I know, but you, you know what's crazy about that? Every time I had to keep checking myself. Season is over. They down by a bucket, but that's a No, that's a good point. hell, no.
1: You're up by 20. This entire season. Every time Michael B. That's that Michael B. Jordan I mentality. I have high standards. Okay. <laughs> Michael, <I have> a- <laughs> high standards. That's that Michael B. Mentality.
2: But that's a good point. Every time I've looked at games like that. It's only been a one, two, three point game. And I'm like, something's still off. Like, it it's still, the performance is not adding up to the actual score. <laughs> Gary. Which, but yeah. Yeah. He, he's not, Gary's not having it. Yeah, I, I, don't know, I'm just,
1: okay, I don't know. Okay, Kwani. Well, it's <laughs> hey, down by one point. I didn't like that. I, I, I thought the game was over. Like,
2: I just thought there needs to be more intensity. Like, on you know, defense. I, like,
1: Kwani, I agree. Like, they didn't play – like, you you were looking for them to punch first. They didn't punch first. They had another kind of strange, wacky, mistake-filled first quarter. I think they were down 25-18 points. And then they kind of filled it up, and Grant was out there looking like, you know, like Grant was making a bunch of mistakes, and just Grant was out there winging it. And Tatum got off to a slow start. Jalen got into foul trouble. Um, you know, so it was, it did not start promising for the Celtics. I will say, yeah, I do agree with you, Kwani. Um, I just like the way that they kind of held the third quarter like they held it together. Like they didn't let go of the rope. They didn't, the dam didn't break, whatever cliche you want to use. The horse didn't leave the barn. They, you
0: yeah, got a bunch of these cliches, I got man, all, all yeah.
1: the yeah, yeah. oh, together. Um, they didn't allow, allow that to happen. Because when you get down eleven to the Bucks and Giannis is dunking, and I mean he made some amazing plays and he was getting to the rim and all that, he was. I mean, if you look at the game, they everybody talks about the officiating of Game Three, Game Four. There was a point where the the Bucks the Celtics had twice as many foul calls as the self as the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks got the. If you really want to know the game, they got the calls. It was Game Four, and the Celtics still hung in there and was able to come back. And I just thought, like, okay, they're down by seven. They're going to have to make a run. And they did, and then Al took over, and then Giannis got tired. And I think that's a key element of this series. Is he is he fried? I'm not talking about he's going to run out of energy or he's not going to be able he's going to score five points in game five. No, he's going to score 35. But the fact is that that fourth quarter, his energy and games are every other day now. There's was known there's two three-day breaks. He was tired. He's carrying the offense. Drew Holiday oh God, wasn't himself. Them.
2: Yeah, so Drew Holiday imagine. wasn't
1: himself. I thought it was. I thought Brook Lopez had a strong game. I felt. I thought they they still. I think st- struggle with Brooke. but but Dallas was doing a lot, and we'll see how that develops in the series. Whether fatigue does take place and does play a factor in these last uh, couple of games.
0: I think, I think we saw that very, very prominent because to your point, Gary, he's going to do damage, but is that damage going to be minimized when it matters most in the fourth quarter? And I thought we saw that in game four. Giannis was not the same player. Uh, He wasn't nearly as, not just efficient, but just impactful. I mean, he was not the same dude that was just absolutely killing him, you know, six
1: points, six points on three for seven shooting in the fourth.
0: Right. And there were things look, that were
1: Lopez had 10 points in the fourth quarter. So Lopez, you know, cause Lopez just stands near the rim. Right. A lot right. of times, you know, if there was, if three seconds were ever called the NBA, cause he seems to be in the lane a lot yeah. Um, and just kind of parks there and then you throw the ball up. But yeah, if you look at you, if you take, you know, Giannis only scoring six points, he played almost, a, he played 10 and a half minutes of the fourth quarter. Cause remember he asked out the game, they gave him a breather. Mm -hmm. Um, six points, and he was a minus 17. So um, they were able to do some real damage even with him on the floor.
0: Yeah, and when he's off the floor, the Celtics, I didn't think that they were as aggressive as they needed to be going to the rim because he wasn't off the floor very long. Uh, And even though Brooke Lopez is a good uh, interior defender, there's so much real estate between where Brooke Lopez camps and where the three-point line is at. All the Celtics needed to do, and they did this, I thought, a little bit better in the second half than the first, was just beat your man off the dribble, get to around the free throw line, and just raise up. If you're Jalen Brown and you're being guarded by Drew Holiday, you've got him by a good three, four inches, and you got a better bounce than he do. So you can shoot over him. Same thing with Jason Tatum. And I know for years we've been getting on Jason Tatum by shooting that damn mid-range. Why are you shooting the damn mid-range? That mid-range, he needs to get go into his bag and pull that out and pull it out big time for game five, because they're literally giving him that shot. They're daring him to shoot the mid range because they know he's programmed now to think I need to go to the cup or I need to shoot the three. I need to pretend as if all that real estate that I can own in the middle doesn't exist. And he's got to shake that. I thought he did a better job in the second half of shaking that and really looking to assert himself uh, around the middle of, of the floor. And he needs to do more of that because he's not, he's not, hundred percent. And that's another thing that it's, it's low keeping an issue that we haven't really talked about is that risk. Right. That yeah. risk is a problem. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're doing a good job not talking about it. And I get that, but that risk it's been bothering him since February. Uh, and he has been able to play through that. Um, I, I, you know, he's getting the usual treatments. He's probably getting a little extra treatment would not be, sh- be shocked if he got a shot or two between now and uh, the be- between the end of the season and the playoffs to help, alleviate some of that pain uh but he has to figure out a way to find easier ways to score and if you're gonna if you're able to beat your man off the dribble and shoot the mid-range damn it jt do that do that and, and 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 you know along those same lines him doing that makes the boston celtics a very safe bet to be effective and impactful and win game five and speaking of safe bets Shout out to our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Gary love that one. because Gary. You know, you're not, I, mean, you're
2: not. I was pulling up the BetOnline read because I was like, I felt it coming. But you got it. Show the people some love. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Here, Since
0: Gary Washburn's got me on this cliche train, we're going we gonna to ride this out. And then some. Our partners okay. at BetOnline continue to be the number one, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, no, news, and sports developments, including and obviously what we're talking about, basketball playoffs, we're talking a lot about the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, but you got the Heat and that Sixer series, which is actually got it's gotten kind of sexy now. Now it's it's getting a little tight up in there. The uh, process might be trustworthy. The, the process might actually be trustworthy. Way to go see, Quanti, see Quanti is feeling herself. Drive, listen, drive by Quanti is alright. Okay, okay, okay. But online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and, of course, your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Uh, I was going to give y'all an analogy about, about Spades, but I'm, I'm going to say that for another show because Gary, Gary, he might not be able to handle that. Also, I can't post
2: spades. I'll just admit ooh, that right ooh, ooh. Now. Yeah, Gary, we got to get plenty of
0: Spades no. in Vegas. No. We got oh. to teach you how to play. But she ain't going to be my partner because I need someone who gets some books. So we, we can teach you, though. We can teach you. Yeah, to work but listen. On, BetOnline.ag is really easy to get started. And don't forget, sign up today and use the promo code. What's that promo quote, Kwani? CLNS50,
2: I'm a rookie clearly,
0: wow. There you go, CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And getting back to the game that we just finished, which was game four, Second half, really the whole game. Um, Derek White. I know we 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 don't really talk a whole lot about him, but he was like low key, real big in game four. Um, I'm curious. I mean, Corinne, I'm gonna start with you, Corinne. Just your your thoughts on on just yes, what Derek was able to bring to the table and um and, and things like that.
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the confidence aspect, and I'm not. I, I can't speak to it. I don't know him obviously. I'm, a personal level but I've noticed that it seems as though the confidence is building and I think he had a start actually did he start this game I can't remember he didn't start a game but there was one game where he had to start and I think game two. just having that game 2 that's what it was game two he started and I think there was just like a shift in the confidence I'm not saying starting should always be the reason why someone automatically starts playing better but I think having that confidence from your coach is going to spill down into the players. And I think we've started to notice that when the Celtics get on these bigger runs, he starts to build up his confidence as well. So I'm very curious as to how they continue to utilize him and figure out the way that he's able to work into this offense. I know in game four, he had 11, four and three. So he's bringing something to the table. And I think they need him. Whether or not fans are high on him just yet, he's a point guard that I think they're going to need to continue to help facilitate the game. He's not trying to be the star. He's not trying to be flashy. And when you have a Jason Tatum, a Jalen Brown, a Marcus Smart, even on a team like that, you need someone that's willing to quietly step in and just help facilitate that offense. So Mm -hmm. I I think he's, he's doing something good for them right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Giovanni.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Derek is a guy who, and, you know, he played all, you know, those, those first five, four or five years in San Antonio under the radar. And that was the first time in his career, basically, that his game is being dissected. And I mm-hmm. think that he struggled at times. He struggled with his shot. But the one thing he is doing in this series is he's making plays like he brings the ball up the floor. Like he had he struggled. Like he struggled in game two in Marcus's, uh, you know, he, he struggled from the field, but they don't need him to, to, they just need him to hit the simple shots. Like drive up, hit the floater. You don't need to hit six threes in a game. I, you know, if you hit an occasional three, that's cool. I think they need Derek White to be like, Hey, if the lane's open because they're stuck to Jason and Jalen drive, get, get the layup, get to the free throw line, hit the floater, hit the short jumper. And he's doing those things. He did those things in Milwaukee. I thought he was very good in game three. I thought he was good in game four. And I said, like, I just think that's who he is. I mean, hey, he was a plus 18 in game four, four for six from the field, three assists, um, a block shot, four rebounds. You know, he hit a three, hit both his free throws. That's what you want. That's all you want. I mean, that's... Derek White, because that that is exactly what they want from Derek White. You don't have to be no superstar. You don't have to score 30 like Al did, but just hit open shot, four for six. You got six chances to shoot in the series, in the game, make four of them. Perfect. And I think that that's what exactly the stability they need, because the bench guys are giving you great good stuff. Like, that's what you need. When you talk about the other guys on the bench who aren't doing so well, you know, Tice and Pritchard, but, you know, they basically six players scored in game four for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you look at the Bucks bench, Bobby Portis was two for seven, four points. George Hill was five points in 23 minutes. Connaughton, because they keep leaving him open from three, because I guess they've decided they're going to let him shoot. They got to pick a poison. He was 11 points in 30 minutes, but their, their bench didn't do much either. But, you know, so it's the key. Is, is, is a guy going to come off the bench and have 16 or 18 points and make big plays. The the Bucks did that in game one. Uh, they really haven't done it since, you know, I think Wes Matthews has played good defense, but he's not going to come off the lead as starter, but kind of the complimentary guys, Derek white, I think is just, he's, he's, he's had a strong series so far in terms of uh, the last two games, the game two, he struggled. So I'm not going to say, Oh, he was great in game two. He wasn't, but, I think he needs, he has just had to do little things and he's done those little things. That's all you need. I'm looking at, I'm looking at his stats here, you know, eight points in the, nine points in the series, three rebounds, 2.3 assists, a half a steal, you know, he's shooting, he's made five of 13, threes. say hey, that's 38%. Perfect. That's what you want. Now his twos are struggling, he's shooting less from two than from three, um, but, you know, four turnovers to uh, nine assists. Okay, so play decent ball. Like he's not, obviously, I mean, maybe that's something I'm sure they will work on him in the summer, work mm-hmm. on his shooting, have him come a, become a better shooter. I think that's the next step for Derek White is like, bruh, spend the summer, do another cliche, spend the summer shooting a 1,000 shots a day, you know, because he needs to be a better shooter if he's going to really contribute. But so far, hey, 38 percent, five for 13 from three in the series. he could do better from two, but the last two games has been really good.
0: He's just trying to be the best version of himself out there, Gary, and remember to <laughs> so make misleague. Both, <laughs> Both teams play hard. <laughs> now the, the thing about the thing that I, I, I like about Derek White is that he's doing something that pretty much um, very few reserves in this series are doing, and that's making an impact, make a positive impact. Uh, And I'm not just talking about the Celtics. I'm talking about Milwaukee too, because Bobby Portis, I honestly felt his presence would be more impactful than it's been. He's had one or two good games, but for the most part, he really hasn't really done what I expected. Daniel Tice, unfortunately, has played how I I thought he would. Uh, I just don't think this is a good series for him, uh, particularly when they're leaving you wide open and you're missing shots. Uh, He was 0 for 5 last game, and I think all five shots were open. And I'm sorry, you got to make those shots. And if you can't, you need someone to get in there who can, and unfortunately, with Robert Williams and his knee situation, which we haven't talked about, um, mm-hmm. because there's not a whole lot to talk about other than the fact that he missed Game Four. He's supposed mm-hmm. to be ready for Game Especially Five. We'll see. But yeah. you know, the, the fact is, you know, you, you forget that Rob was out because Al was so amazing. But bottom line is, the reserves on this on the Celtics team, someone has to emerge and be an impact player, a difference maker, and it looks so far like Derek White is taking that challenge to heart and is playing the kind of basketball that can give them a chance to be successful. Because as we've all seen, Tatum has not been as good as Tatum can be. Jalen Brown has been a, been a bit up and down. Really the best player for the Celtics in this series has been Al Horford. I don't even think it's like close. Uh, and with all due respect to my OGs, your, your oldest player, 35 years old, He should not be clearly your best player. He could be in the conversation. He could be in that top tier talk of your best player, but he should not be your head and shoulders best player. Uh, And that's because a lot of the guys around him just aren't playing up to their level, Uh, including Jason Tatum, who I know he's, again, the wrist, he's not talking much about it, but I know that wrist is a much bigger deal than him and the Celtics are letting on. Um, And you can kind of see in his play, uh, it's almost as if there's stretches where, he works out whatever soreness there is and just this plays. And then there's other, usually it, it seems like he gets better as the game goes on. Um, but against this Bucks team game five, they need him or Jalen to come out and set the tone and put the Bucs on their back because the Bucs, they're a front running type of team. They're so much better when they've got a nice, big, comfy lead to work with. Uh, but when you put the screws to them and they got to make plays down the stretch and execute, I think the Celtics are as good, if not better than him in this series thus far. So we'll see what happens in um, Game 5. And speaking of Game 5, Gary, what are your expectations for Game 5, Amigo?
2: Not um, Amigo.
0: I'm having Cinco de Mayo flashbacks. Gary, can I
2: just say I appreciate that you continue to come back to the podcast every week, despite our shenanigans. I
1: know. I am a people,
2: I've talked to some people on the street, and they appreciate you on the pod, too. So... Oh, that's Shout
1: out cool. to the listeners! Uh, I, try, I try
0: my best. I try my best. Um, Both teams play hard. Yeah. <laughs> the um we the game the five, this was, one,
1: okay. Yeah, game five is gonna be another war, I believe. I don't think just because. uh Oh, you got you got one that big, Quaney. Welcome to the hood. <laughs> I got
2: my hoodie.
1: <laughs> big hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I mean, the Celtics got the momentum, quote unquote. But obviously, it's been win-loss, win-loss for the Bucks, loss-win-loss-win for the Celtics. So it could game go either way. I think it's going to be a war. Budenhofer is going to make adjustments. They're going to figure some things out. So I expect them to be very good. The Celtics are going to have to match that. We'll see what happens with Robert Williams. Robert's got to play. I mean, you know, I, I think we all love Robert. But if it's a pain threshold and it's not going to get any worse, like he's got to be out there and go – Email. I can give you 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? I can give you 20 minutes. I ain't, my knee's not right yet. It's still a little sore, but like the whole lack of reliability, the like missing the playoff game with knee soreness, to me now, if it's something serious, now I might not know. We're not all in the, the he could be dealing with some serious discomfort. And I get it. He came off knee surgery and there's going to be some good days and bad days with the knee. But to to just kind of like not play and then, you know, Ime told us it's kind of just a like a pain threshold. So, like, Robert has to gut this out and give them, if he's like, listen, Ime, I can't give you 35, but I can give you 16. I can give you 18. Because you want him in the game over Tice. Tice is done, but Tice, is, Tice was doing a little too much. To, he took, like, an early shot clock three. He had another corner three he missed. You know, he 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 tried he to block
2: at the
0: rim. Yeah, oh he my tried gosh. to dunk
1: on Brooke Lopez. That didn't go well. Like this <laughs> is this you know this ain't the series for Tykes. Like you know now who knows he might he might be able to come off the bench and make a play. Maybe the next uh, game uh, is this game. <laughs> a, a grab grab a rebound in a game, but this just ain't his series. And so I'd rather if you're the Celtics have Robert out there at least just for some stability. Mm-hmm. defense he's he's lead, he's blocked eight shots he's leading the team in block shots in the series only having only played three games he's a rim protector you saw how much they attacked the rim without him in mm-hmm. game four and then you need Gian, gives you something to think about so if i'm robert williams like i he's got to get out there you know if it's something where it's like listen his knee's not quite right he came back too fast so if that's the case we'll see what happens there but just kind of like, well, it ain't feeling right today. I'm going to sit out. Like, this is the playoffs. You know, this is, how, this is where legacies are built. Like, you got to get
0: out. There. And broken down. Yeah. Because, because I mean, it be, I mean, you know, as great as, like, you think about a guy like Scottie Pippen, as great a player as he is, one of the lasting images of him sitting on a bench holding his head because oh, right. he's got a headache. Uh, you don't want to be put in that class, definitely. Um, but I, I, I think Game 5, is going go, uh, to Gary's point, it is going to be a battle. It's going to be a great game. Uh, both teams are showing, I think, a lot of championship medal. Obviously, the Bucs, because they have won the championship. And the Celtics are doing everything in their power to dethrone them. Uh, and it's, it's been a great series thus far. And I know Game 5 will be another great series. And, uh, you know, that's I, – I can't wait. I'm, I, I can't wait for it to, to get here. Um, before we leave, uh, just another shout out to our good friends at BetOnline.ag. Don't forget the promo code, get fifty percent off. CLNS50. BetOnline, where the game starts. Gary, you got anything you want to want to highlight the people about that you got coming up? Wow.
1: Um. Well, we I don't even know if we did this last week, but. I have stuff on the site. I talked to, last week I talked to Ben Baker about his uh, battle with alcoholism and his comeback, Mm -hmm. Uh, 11 years sober for for the former Celtic and former All-Star. And his is a very inspirational story because this is a guy who lost everything to alcoholism, his career. He was, I said, he had a chance to to maybe be a Hall of Famer. He was a four-time All-Star in a five-year period was one of the top centers in the league in the, in the, in the late nineties. And, you know, was just, and obviously a guy from Connecticut. Right.
2: uh And then played I played at Hartford, like, I believe Yeah, he
1: played at the University of Hartford, um, obviously first round pick of the bucks. Then he went to the Sonics and then he came to the Celtics and the Celtics tenure. He was in the middle of his, it was addiction and it, it, it was not a good stint for Boston. And he, you know, tried to play, keep, keep on playing, but, 11 years sober, he's opening up his own uh, recovery center in Milwaukee. And then he's opening up a second one in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So I talked to him. I also talked to Spencer Haywood and if people are watching Winning Time, uh, this documentary, it's not really a documentary. It's kind of a true, half true, kind of true uh, about the Showtime Lakers. They feature Spencer Haywood played by Wood Harris from Mm -hmm. Above the Rim and The Wire. And uh, we all love Wood Harris. We do. Uh, and, and, uh, well, Jerry
2: West is suing HBO. Yes. Jerry West is suing. That's paid in know. Full. <laughs> I,
1: I know my paid in full fans love uh, Wood Harris and that.
2: Yes. And I
1: talked to him about whether you know uh, his th- feelings on the show, and he actually supported the show. His uh, portrayal, not everybody's portrayal, uh, because most of the players who are, have been from literally from Ron Boone to Kareem mm. have been like, "No, that didn't happen. I didn't do yeah. that." And what me, and I know people get kind of, you know, selective memory when they get older or they don't want right. to look in the mirror and be like, ah, I was kind of a jerk back then, huh? Like mm-hmm. it's because this show does expose people. But uh, mm-hmm. I talked to him about the, um, his portrayal on the show. And then thirdly, I'd also did a little blurb on the WNBA, how, um, you know, like, the, it's t- the, the, rosters are, this is like a roster crunch, 12 teams. And some, most of the teams because of salary cap issues are not keeping 12 players. So Las Vegas literally drafted had the first two of the first 13 picks in the draft uh, pick number eight and pick number 13. And they waived them both before the season started. So just name an NBA team that would have two of the first 13 picks and then we would release them before the season started. That would never happen. So just kind of like, what the, what does the WNBA do? Because it, these these competitions for roster spots, and you know, we, we all know some of the problems of the league. There's a lot of good things going on. So that's what I worked on, uh, and and got a lot got a lot more coming. Hopefully, uh, there'll be more to write about with the Celtics because I think it's a fascinating story. Yeah,
2: okay. and to yeah. your point, the WNBA they announced that they're expanding, which Rightfully so like you have top guards getting cut for like Tia Cooper gets cut from the sparks like it's it's a hot mess right now and they really do need to figure it out I think the fact that viewership went up exponentially over the last year should be already enough to just say let's invest. Let's expand this. Gotta, a lot it's a money
1: winning. thing. I mean, you've got to make it
2: profitable.
1: I, I agree. They're talking about well, let's have a G League for the WNBA. Like no, just have a where we're gonna gonna league. Where are they gonna play?
2: They're not yeah. Yeah.
1: How are they gonna who's gonna go to these games? Are, are people gonna right. actually gonna watch, you know, are you gonna are, are you gonna play in one big central area, have like a kind of a bubble for the WNBA players who are trying to make te- Like, you know, it's it's a lot that can be done. And uh the, the league has got to, to, to some things to, to work out, although it's rising up, it's yeah. always it's good to see. Um but yeah, you know, we'll talk, we can always talk the WNBA. We have a podcast on that. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm all for I it. Love the, I love the WNBA. Damn. Love them to death. And I and I, I, I my my, my, my What's that?
2: As I said put them in bigger cities. Like I keep I'm like I'm the only like one. Like Boston, but the Connecticut Sun bring them to boston and i know that i had i tweeted that and i already had the trolls oh women's like you're gonna always get those trolls no matter what you do you're gonna have the men that have never dribbled a ball in their life and are still gonna trash on these female athletes that are better than them but i think if you put them in a market where they can actually succeed if we're being real i understand that the venue the money is not there the revenue is not there yet But if you have them in bigger markets like Boston, for example, where you can have these high school basketball players drive in, middle school girls can come in, see these players on the court. Maybe that's how you start. You start the fan base with young girls and then eventually it spills over from NBA fans, true basketball fans that understand how the fundamentals of the game. Like we just did a WNBA special at my job and John Quill Jones was just saying people want these crazy dunks and they think it has to be flashy. But like we have the fundamentals. We have good players. She's a reigning league MVP. She knows what she's talking about. So just support the game for being true basketball and not because you're not seeing a woman duck. Sorry, that's not might not happen as much as you want.
1: Yeah, I think well, what they've tried to do is is like with Connecticut, is since there's such a support for UConn women's basketball, yeah. there'd be a natural support. Mm-hmm. I think that has sort of worked. And I think okay. there's cities like Las Vegas where – you get a lot of people who just like former athletes who live in Vegas. Oh, I want to go see the Aces. I think there's a real awareness about watching games. I just think they have to be very careful about the cities they move into because they've already yes. moved to, you know, they went to they was in Charlotte and I know Shirai remembered the Detroit shock in Houston. Yeah,
2: Houston, yeah.
1: Like they've been in a bunch of cities, Orlando, Miami. They've done that before. And you know, they've left those cities or those teams folded so you got to make real astute decisions on where you want to relocate who's going to support women's basketball what venue it's not prudent to play in a seventeen thousand seat arena when you're going to get like the, the sparks are playing at the staples center like really like you're not you know left the playoffs you're not going to get rough. 17 18 000 it's nice to have them play in an NBA arena, but you can have a nice college arena. Uh, they, the Boston team, can play up at BU if they want, or it, Boston or, College, you know, or BU,
0: BU, you're right, B- Gary, BU,
1: B- 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 um, <laughs> BU runs the checks. I get or it. even Harvard or something. Like yes. you've got to, you've got to have a to me a plan. You, you can't treat it like the junior NBA. Like you can't treat it like the talent is there, but you can't have them play in NBA arenas and all that unless you're going to put the money in and treat them like NBA players and, but you're not going to get 17, 18,000. Like I, I w- worked and lived in Seattle and the storm is very popular there with a certain population of people that mm-hmm. really like the storm They're They get a lot of support because they're Seattle's team. You get cities that really want to hold on, you know, to a team and go, this is ours. Cause you, and so maybe you lose Kansas city or Birmingham, a city, that's going to embrace women's basketball, but also you know own the team and, and love the team.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's absolutely critical to recognize the fact that your league, even though the, you know they've been around for a while, uh, I, because most of well, all of us were nowhere to be found when the NBA started, they kind of weren't exactly selling out arenas left and right. Uh, when they when they were going through their early stages, I mean, they they gradually over time built themselves up, and I think uh, there's been this rush to get the WNBA on the same par on all metrics with the NBA, and I think to some extent, there's that's been a detriment to them. Because uh, mm-hmm. I again, I, I just remember going to shot games when they were in Detroit, and there were hardly anyone there, but we had a good old time uh, mm-hmm. watching them play, and and it was great, just it was great action. Uh, but it would have been much more of a kind of a a pro basketball field. if it were a smaller venue um if it were a venue that was more aligned with where that fan base was in that particular moment so so you can just grow from there um but anyway we can have the WNBA podcast we're all day have long but we we well, we're not going to do that cuz we yeah. <laughs> got to go so on that note uh Thank you for listening to the A-List podcast. I'm uh, Ashrod Blakely with Quanee A. Lunas and Gary Washburn. And we will be back next week, hopefully, talking about the conference finals. We're talking finals. (laughs) Yes, indeed. All right, people. We are out. See ya.